Let's take our Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 6. Up until yesterday afternoon, I had thoughts of going through the end of Luke 6, but I really think that God has just something for us to be encouraged and meditate on from just verses 43 through 45. I'm excited to hear, to, to, to again, just see what he has for us here in, in these three verses. Our house, at our house, we play hide and seek. Um, it's just a fun game around the house, and so we, find different spots to hide. There's not tons of spots to hide, but we kind of know the certain ones. And so I'm always trying to come up with somewhere new to hide. And I've found with hide-and-seek that, um, that sometimes I am asking my body to do something that it cannot do, um, whether it's to stay crouched in a certain position for a long period of time or uh, to fit in a space. I look at it and I say, yeah, I can hide in that closet. And then I try, um, and they, whoever's the seeker comes and finds me very easily because <laughs> some arm is sticking out or something like that. So I'm asking my body to do something that it's unable to do. Um, I feel in some ways, as we've looked at the Sermon on the Mount, that Jesus is calling us to do something that is just impossible to do. I, I always thought about the Sermon on the Mount, the Sermon on the Plain. What a lovely passage of Scripture. And now that we're studying it, I'm saying, what a difficult passage of Scripture. What a hard thing that Jesus is calling us to do, to love our enemies, to judge not, to do these things that come so natural to us. It's it's difficult. And I believe that God's word for us, for us this morning from, from Luke six forty three through 45, as he begins to close out the Sermon on the Mount, is that is that, yeah, you're right, you can't do it. And that the message is a God-glorifying life spills out of a new heart, a God-glorifying life, which is the, the life that he's calling us to in this kingdom like no other, a God-glorifying life spills out of a new heart. And so if this seems difficult as we've gone through and you say, I don't know how to do this, I don't know how to do what Jesus is asking me to do, I believe he gives us an encouragement this morning to say that it's going to come from the new heart that he is going to give us. Let's just read Luke six forty three to forty five together, and then think on this. Luke six beginning in verse forty three. It says, "For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person, out of the good treasure of his heart, produces." Good. And the evil person, out of his evil treasure, produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. A God-glorifying life spills out of a new heart. Jesus opens with an illustration. It's it's two agricultural illustrations, if you will. But the key point, he, he kind of hits it from two different angles. And the key idea that he's communicating just with the illustrations is this. Fruit is determined by the essential nature of the plant. Fruit is determined by the essential nature of the plant. So the first example, he says, good plants don't produce bad fruit. And bad plants don't produce good fruit. They produce what is a part of their essential nature. If it's a bad plant, it's going to produce bad fruit. If it's a good plant, it's going to produce good fruit. We have some tomato plants in our backyard. We have one. It's huge. And it has two tomatoes on it. 
there's something wrong with that tomato plant. I don't know what it is, but there's something wrong. The, the blossoms keep withering. They're not producing fruit. And so the problem is that, that this plant, there's something wrong with it. It's not producing the fruit that it's supposed to because there's something wrong with its essential nature. Now, we have a cucumber plant. Let me show you this. I brought, this is show and tell this morning. Look at that. That comes from a good plant, right? There's something good about that cucumber plant. And I've got lots more where that came from. We love cucumbers at our house now, I guess. I just gotta figure out, I gotta figure out how to pickle these. This, you guys know what this is, right? That's a zucchini. That came from a pretty good plant. So we're doing okay. Good fruit comes from good plants. So something good is going on. I think that's what Jesus is saying here, right? So the essential nature, these plants are good, so they're producing good fruit. Okay. Now, he goes at it from a different angle, right? The next part, verse 44, each tree is known by its own fruit, for figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. Again, same point, the essential nature determines the, the fruit that's going to come from this plant. So he says, thorn bushes don't produce figs. Fig trees produce figs. Bramble bushes um, don't produce grapes. Grapevines produce Grapes, because that's what their essential nature is. Let's pretend I go to your house and we walk around and you've got a patch of, of thistles, weeds that you've got sectioned off and you water them all the time and they're just, I mean, they're blossoming beautifully. They, they look wonderful. And I say, what's with all the, you know, what's with the thistles? And you say, well, you know, I just got this hunch that they're going to produce some mangoes. And I say, you're crazy, because thistles don't, don't produce mangoes. That's not a part of their essential nature. That's not what they do. So what's the point? What's Jesus getting at with these two things? That the, he's saying the fruit is determined by the essential nature of the plant. And the point is in verse 45. The good person, out of the good treasure of his heart, produces good. The evil person, out of the evil treasure of his heart, produces evil, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What he's saying is that if, if, a, if a plant produces fruit according to its essential, essential nature, then we are going to produce what comes from our essential nature. And the point of that I really think he's getting at here is that the way that we do the Sermon on the Mount is that we need a new nature. We need a new Heart. Heart is the, is one of the key words here, isn't it? It occurs a couple times. It's, it's inferred one time. Uh, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. The evil person out of the evil treasure, you could say, of his heart produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And the heart is not just a reference to the thing that's in your chest. And it's not just a reference to your feelings. So often we talk about what we feel in our heart, but rather the heart in Scripture is so often it's it's the core of who you are. It's your essential nature is what it's speaking about. It's it's your mind. It's your it's your emotions. It's 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 your your feelings. It's your will. It's your essential nature. And he's saying what's going to come out of your heart is going to reveal your essential nature. This is all throughout Scripture. If you want some do something fun, do a word search. You can go on any of these online Bible search programs and search for heart and just see how it is is used, especially in the book of Proverbs. It keeps talking about obedience from the heart. Proverbs 4.23 is this great verse that says, 
Keep your heart with all diligence or with all vigilance, because from it flow the springs or the issues of life. Everything is flowing out of your heart. Doesn't that sound like what Jesus is saying here? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What comes out of our mouth is a revelation of what's in our heart. Talk to my kids. We we, will think about a cup. If I take a cup and I put it right here and it's full of lemonade right up to the very brim and I tap that cup, what's going to spill out? Lemonade, because that's what's in it. That's that's what's in that cup. And what's in our heart is what spills out into our lives. That's That's a very insightful thought. And it's also a very scary thought. Because when I, when I speak and I'm angry with my children or I'm rude to my wife or I'm mean to, to friends and to family and to strangers, the problem isn't my mouth. The problem is my heart. If I find myself going places I shouldn't go or doing things I shouldn't do, watching things that I shouldn't watch, thinking things that I shouldn't think, the problem isn't my feet or my hands or my eyes or my brain. The problem is my heart, that that's what it's it's flowing out of. Andrew and I, when we were still dating, she came to visit me at um, Founders Week, which was a week-long conference that we used to have in my school, and she came when we were still dating. We were pretty serious. We were talking about marriage at that point, and Andy Stanley spoke, which became a a, um, a turning point in our lives. We After that sermon, we went to this coffee shop called Third Coast to talk for a long time. We were thinking about getting married in a year or so. And we ended up getting engaged a month later in part because of what God taught us in that sermon. So I love that sermon. And his main point was this. He says, what comes out of me reflects what's in me. What comes out of me reflects what's in me. Holy behavior requires a healthy heart. And he went on to talk about what does a healthy heart look like. How do we have a healthy heart? And I think here is just, it's not even just a healthy heart. I think we could go there and we could start talking about how do we make sure that what's coming out, that, that our heart is pure and that we serve God from a, from a pure heart. But I think what he's saying here is you just need a new heart. That his point is if you're going to do what I'm calling you to do here in the Sermon on the Mount, you need a new heart. If you are, if you're going to live according to the standards of this kingdom like no other. If you're going to embrace this blessedness that I've talked about, if you're going to truly love your enemies and give to those that are in need, if you're going to be released from a judgmental, conceited, condemning spirit and be filled with love and mercy, if we are going to reflect the character of our Heavenly Father, if we're going to do any of this, then we need to be changed in our essential nature. We need a new heart. Because apart from the supernatural work of God, you know what Jeremiah says about our heart? You know this verse? He says that our heart is desperately wicked. It's desperately sick. It's deceitful above all things. That's what our heart is apart from Christ. It's sinful. It's it's evil. Our essential nature is bad. It is in rebellion against God. And us doing good deeds is like a diseased apple tree producing beautiful Honeycrisp apples. It doesn't happen. Us doing good deeds is like a, a thorn bush yielding a crop of figs, or it's like a field of thistles being filled with mangoes. It, it doesn't happen. Why? Because our heart is bad. Our heart is is evil. 
Jeremiah says it this way too. Um, if you were reading, if you're reading through the Bible with us, we read this a couple of days in Jeremiah 13, 23. I, I just was struck by this verse. He says, "Can the Ethiopian change his skin, or the leopard his spots? Then also you can do good, who are accustomed to do evil." Can the Ethiopian change his skin? Can any of us change our skin color? Can the leopard change his spots? No, these things are a part of the essential nature of who those the Ethiopian is, of who the leopard is. The leopard has spots. That's essential nature. And he says, if they can do that, then you, who are accustomed to doing evil, can change and do good. You can't. Because part of our essential nature is that we are these bad trees, our essential nature, apart from the work of Christ, in that we are unable to do what Jesus is asking us to do. This is why, I say this with love, this is why it's foolishness to say that Jesus taught salvation by works. That Jesus said you can, that that the point of the Ten Commandments, that the point of the Sermon on the Mount is, do these things, and then God will be happy with you. If you do these things, then God will be pleased with you and you will you will know salvation. And if if you're here and you think that, that your life is good enough, that you can produce enough good fruit, and if you produce this good fruit, then God will be happy with you, then you're missing the point. And the point is that at your essential nature, at your heart, you are this bad tree. You are the thorn bush. You are the bramble bush. Apart from Christ, that's who we all are. We can't produce fruit. It's not who we are apart from Jesus. So what do we need to do? Not not what do we need to do, actually, but what do we need? What do we need? We need a new heart. We need to be totally transformed, totally made different. That's that's why we read the New Covenant this morning, that, that, that the law is now written on our hearts, Ezekiel 36, where it says, I will sprinkle, sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses, and from all your idols I will cleanse you, and I will give you a new heart, and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh, and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and be careful to obey all my rules. Why does someone get a heart transplant? Don't do it for fun. They do it because their heart's not working right, because it's not doing what it's supposed to do. And so Jesus says, your heart is corrupt. It's sin-stained. It cannot do what you are supposed to do. You need a brand new heart. And so spiritually he comes and gives us a heart transplant so that we can produce the work that he's calling us to do. Apart from him doing that, we can't do it. It's impossible. We need a new heart. We we need a whole new nature. If anyone's in Christ, he's what? A new creation. I mean, everything about us needs to be made new for us to do what Christ has called us to do. So how do we get a new heart? It's by faith. It's by faith that we are transformed, that we are made new, that when we come and we fall on our knees, we admit that we are sinners. We are admit that we are this bad tree, that we do not do good, that we cannot do good, that we cannot please God, that we are lost apart from him. And then we say that Jesus was good, that he was the good tree, that he produced good fruit. That's all he ever produced was good fruit. He did everything that his father told him to do. He didn't produce rotten, stinking fruit like we do in and of ourselves, but he produced beautiful fruit. And though I deserve death and judgment 
because of my evil, he comes and he takes my place and he dies for me. And he gives me his righteousness, his good fruit, and says, it's yours. And I stand before God and I say, this is what I have. This is the crop I have. It's, it's Jesus's, but, but he produced it on my behalf. And he dies in my place. And it's by faith. And then we are given this, this new heart. Here's the encouragement that I was just struck with yesterday afternoon that I thought I don't, because when we get into Luke 6.46, he says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? That's, that's a tough passage. And I think we need to think about that. But I want us to be encouraged this morning. I want to end on this encouraging thought and meditate on this because I think we need to hear this. So often we, we know that we're not doing what we're supposed to do. But think about this. If we are in Christ, if we have come to him in repentance and faith, then we are a good tree. You are a good tree. Your essential nature has been changed. You've gone from being a sin-sick child of Satan to being a dearly loved child of God. You, you are a good tree that can produce good fruit that Jesus calls you to produce in this sermon. We were all thorn bushes. We were thorn bushes and we, we could not do anything, but Jesus has transformed us into a fruitful fig tree, and we can produce fruit because our essential nature has been totally changed. We're not a thorn bush anymore. We're a, we're a fig tree. We were a bramble bush, and we could not do anything that pleased God, but he has changed us. He has grafted us into the true vine, which is Jesus, and if we abide in him, we can produce much fruit. We can have the fruit of the Spirit because the Spirit is now in us, and so love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We can do that because of the Spirit that is dwelling within us. We had a heart of stone. We had a heart that could not please God, that, that rebelled against God, and in this spiritual heart transplant, Jesus has broken us open. He's taken out the heart of stone, and he's replaced it with a heart of flesh. It's written his law on it, and we can follow his law of love now because he has changed us completely. We've said this before, especially when we were in Galatians, that sanctification, growth in Christ-likeness, is not found in trying to be something that we are not, but it's in allowing the Holy Spirit to let us become who we truly are. And you truly are a good tree. Let me say this too, and even just saying the words may sound strange to you. The, the Verse 45 says, The good person, out of the good treasure of his heart, produces good. In Christ... We are that good person. We are the good person that can produce good fruit. Now we need to think about sin. We need to recognize that apart from Christ, we are sinful and that we cannot do any good. But if he transforms our essential nature, what he's saying here is, you can do this. You can do what I've called you to do through the power that I provide. I've given you a new heart. I've put my spirit in you. I've cleansed you from all your uncleanness. And now go and do what I've called you to do. If he does not do that, we can't do it. But if he does, then we can do what he is calling us to do by his spirit. I was so struck by this, and I was uh, yesterday afternoon working on sermon um, at a Starbucks. I'd gone the way that I normally go, and there was tons of traffic. I saw it, so I knew I wasn't going that, that direction. So in God's sovereignty, I went down a different direction. I was taking Hurstbourne to Taylorsville Road. And I just share this just because it was out of the overflow of my heart. And, and God put this in my path, and it was just made so much sense. 
Um, I was driving down Hurstbourne, getting ready to go right on Taylorsville Road, and there was the, there was a girl stranded. Her car stuck in the middle of Hurstbourne, trying to go straight there at that Hurstbourne Taylorsville intersection, which is a beast if you've been there. I mean, it's just lanes and lanes of traffic. And I'd just been reading this, and I said, you know what? This is what people who have been changed by Jesus do. They they do they they park their car and they go help her in some way, shape, or form. And it wasn't something like, I'm going to do this to make God happy with me. It was just to say, I've been changed. This is who I am, and this is what people who have been changed by Jesus do. And so I parked my car, and I got out, and I'm not very strong. And she actually questioned me. I said, I'll push you. I'll push you down this way. She said, are you sure you can do that? <laughs> and I said, yeah, it's a hill. We're just, I said, I probably won't be able to keep up. And I, it was hard to keep up, actually. Just gave it a push, and it rolled down on Taylorsville Road onto a side street. And she said, thanks so much. And I said, receive it as a blessing in the name of Jesus. I didn't have an opportunity to speak the gospel to her. It wasn't the time or the place to do that. But what I want, what we want in that moment, and what we have these opportunities is to say, this is what the kingdom of God looks like. This is what people who follow Jesus do. They love. And they give. If you've been changed, if you've become a good tree, if you've been given a new heart, then you love your enemies. You do good to those who hate you. You bless those who curse you. You pray for people that despitefully use you. You just do that because that's who you are. You have been changed completely. When someone slaps you on the face, you turn the other cheek. When they ask you for your coat, you give them your shirt too. When they take what's yours, you don't ask for it in return. You do to others what you want others to do to you. We love other people don't just love those that love us or do good to those who do good to us or give to those that are able to give back. We, we do it for all people. We give to anyone and everyone because that's what Jesus has changed us to be. We're not people that judge and condemn anymore. We're people that forgive and give because that's who Jesus has made us. That's what he's done. And we want to reflect our Father. That's that's who you have been changed to be. And so... I know in, in, in my heart, I'm just, I always think, man, I'm not doing the things that I can do, and I, I just struggle with being able to do it. And this was such a reminder to me to say, you know what, Andy? If you are in Christ, then you can produce this fruit. Why can I do it? Because Jesus has changed me. Because his spirit dwells within me. And here's the kicker, is that if it's because he's changed me, then who gets the glory? And I don't stand here and say, I pushed a car out of the middle of the road so everybody look at me. I say, no, look at Jesus, because that's, that's so piddly. I mean, it's, it's minuscule. It's not even on the radar screen when you think about what Christ has done. We are merciful as Christ is merciful. And so I stand here and I hold up these, these, this fruit. We talked about this when we did the, um, the, this fruit of the Spirit. Do I get glory because this fruit looks so beautiful? I planted the thing. I mean, I maybe watered it once. I don't know. We don't water our stuff because you're not because it does it. It just it just does it. It flows out of the nature. A cucumber plant produces cucumbers if it's a good plant. That's what it does. And and a zucchini plant that's it produces zucchini. And I don't get any glory for standing by and watching it do it. I just get to enjoy it. And so when Christ comes and He does something in us, He's the one that gets the glory, he, and we get to sit back and enjoy it. He's the one that's working it through us because. He is the one that has changed us in our essential nature. And if that has happened, then he receives the glory. He is lifted up. Certainly we can do good deeds and, and hog all the glory for ourselves. 
But if we're doing it out of the new life that Christ has given us, if we're doing it in the spirit that he has given us, if we recognize that it's because we have been changed in our essential nature, that that is why we are able to do the good, that he will get in the glory. And so I just want us to be to be encouraged because I think we look at these things and we say, I can't do it, and I'm not doing it. And and I want us to just change our, our mindset to a certain extent and say, who am I in Christ? And if you are in Christ, you are the good tree. You are the good person that can produce good out of your life. And what happens then is as you're driving down the street and you see someone in need, you say, oh, that's what I do. That's who I am. That's who Christ has made me to be. When you have an opportunity at work to love your enemies, it doesn't become difficult. It's It's always hard to get over that hump a little bit. But you say, but that's what people who have been saved by Jesus do. That's what people who have a new heart do. It just blows out. That's what happens. When you have an opportunity to give, you say, oh, yeah, Jesus has given me so much. Of course I'm going to give to others. Because that's the natural overflow of the new nature that Jesus has given. We're going to talk next week about about how that's that that's a difficulty. That sometimes we say, Lord, Lord, but we don't do what Jesus says. But I just want us to walk out in courage and say, become who you are. You've been changed in your core essential nature. And so when you see opportunities to do what Christ has called you to do, then do it. Because that's who you are. We don't do it so that we earn favor with God. We don't do it for our own glory. We do it because Jesus has changed us. He is lifted up. He is seen as great. People say, who is Jesus? And we say, he does things like this, except a million times better. Let me tell you about how he can save you change you, how he can show you love and mercy like he's shown to me. Praise be to him alone. Let's take a moment of silence now actually and think on God's word rejoice at who he has made us and I'll close in prayer and we'll sing a song together. Glory to you alone God, not to us but to your name be all the glory and the praise. Father, if we are in Christ, then we have been changed completely. We thank you that out of the new heart that you've given us, we are able to do what you've called us to do. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here whose heart is still a heart of stone, a heart that cannot do good, that, Lord, you would come, open their eyes, help them to see that they need to be changed, transformed completely. That it's not through doing good works that we are saved, but it's by what you have done on the cross. Lord, but thank you. Thank you that we can glorify you, that we can lift you up, that we can show who our Father is because you have changed us, and that we can love our enemies and do good to those who hate us, bless those who curse us, pray for others, that we can forgive and give. So, Lord, as we go through our daily lives, I pray you'd help us to reflect you well, that it would become our knee-jerk reaction in circumstances that this is who we are, that we would say this is what people who have been saved by Jesus do, and that we would do it for your glory, for the spread of your gospel. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.